0: Your Locked on Longhorns, your daily podcast on the Texas Longhorns. And hey, welcome to the Friday edition of the Locked on Longhorns podcast. I am your host, Patrick Kahn. With me, as always, Cammy and Griffin. Follow me on Twitter, at PatSportsGuy, the show, L-O underscore Longhorns. Follow Cammie at Cammy and G. Cammie, I am hyped today, but maybe it's because I'm overloaded on coffee because I did not sleep last night.
1: Oh, I'm already on my second coffee and I'm typically a one coffee type of day girl. So um, it's kind of a lot for me. I don't even know if this will be my last one, but I'm hyped as well. I woke up tired, but happy this morning. Obviously, Patrick and I are Cowboys fans and we feel like we got the biggest deal in the first round of the NFL draft. So um, a lot of things to be excited about.
0: I don't think we can talk about that on the Locked on Longhorns podcast. <laughs> it's, uh, too, it's
1: too hard not to. We got to tell them why we're I, in a good mood.
0: I, I'm in a good mood. Maybe it's delirious. Like I said, I didn't get any sleep last night. I was working. I was writing up a bunch of articles for wfaa.com. I was writing for DraftWire. I was trying to get some stuff together for Longhorns Wire. So, yeah, no sleep, but it's exciting. You know it's my favorite time of year. It's the NFL draft. Um, so let's dive right on into it. Lots of football today. Uh, maybe we'll get into a little fun fact Friday in a little bit. Uh, but you know, when you looked at the NFL draft last night, day one, uh, you know, we were all rooting for chaos, and you know, through the first 10 picks, we weren't getting chaos. And it seemed like people, the teams were selecting who many thought that they would, which was funny to me because Ian Rappaport said he got a text from a coach or an analyst or I'm sorry, GM saying that we were wronger than we've ever been. And it just felt like it was falling exactly like many thought it would. And then you come and find out this is the first time in five years that there were no trades in the top 10. Yeah.
1: i Yeah, and I was feeling the exact same way. I thought it was kind of boring. I mean, I didn't really know what to expect with it all being virtual and things like that, but it kind of seemed like it was moving slow. I mean, especially the first pick with Burrow. I mean, you obviously knew he was going to be the first pick, and it took, what, 30 minutes? I don't think that pick came in until uh, 7.30 central time or so. So I was just like, oh, this is kind of dragging out. Um, It's very predictable. It's kind of just chalky. And then all of a sudden around pick 13 or so, it just spiced all the way up. I was on the edge of my seat. I was calculating which players were left. So um, I didn't think it got too exciting until that point.
0: Well, I I think the dominoes started to fall right around pick 11. New York Jets took uh, Makai Becton, offensive tackle at Louisville, which I thought they were going wide receiver. Uh, We've mentioned many a times they need a wide receiver. Uh, And then Tampa swaps picks with the 49ers, which they were picking back to back. So, you know, Tampa jumps up one pick to take an offensive tackle. I Maybe it was because they were afraid somebody else was going to. And then that's when the, the run started happening. And, um, you know, the Big 12, they had a lot of picks in that, in that last – in the last 32, I think, you know, out of 15 of them. Um, there was, I think, about like five or six Big 12 players. Obviously, no Texas Longhorns. Maybe we'll get into who could be the next first-round pick later. Uh, But, you know, the Big 12 started making some moves, and it really started with the Dallas Cowboys taking CeeDee Lamb at 17. uh, And then follow that up, uh, Jalen Rager, another wide receiver, uh, goes to the Philadelphia Eagles at 21. We knew they needed some help at wide receiver. Uh, The Chargers jumping back into the first round with a trade with New England to grab Kenneth Murray out of Oklahoma. Uh, And then who else did we have last night? Jordan Brooks was probably the biggest surprise. Uh, Is that the Texas Tech boy? That's the Texas Tech linebacker. You know, he's a guy, and if you follow my stuff, my draft stuff that I do, I had him going in the mid second round. Uh, He was a top fifty player for me, so I trust me, I was completely shocked when Jordan Brooks was the selection at twenty seven. You know, I I felt Seattle could have gone safety there; they could have gone. Uh, with a with an edge rusher, I thought maybe they could use some help there. They decided to go linebacker, and they choose Texas Tech's uh, Jordan Brooks. So that was a bit of a shock. And then Minnesota jumping back into the first round to take Jeff Gladney out of TCU to complete the run on Big Twelve players in the NFL draft uh, of the of the Big Twelve player selections. And I guess I'm going to say outside of Jordan Brooks, who was your biggest surprise?
1: Oh, I'm for sure going to say C.D. Lamb from Oklahoma, and not uh, because of his talents and things like that. It's just in terms of where he was selected. I think the majority of analysts and fans and coaches and organizations believed he truly was a top ten pick, and it wasn't really anything off the field or on or medicals or anything like that that made him slip. It was just uh, good fortune, and people were uh, organizations were kind of drafting for their primary needs rather than best player available. It seems so. Um, the Cowboys just got extremely lucky that he fell to seventeen. Um, I think he should have been a top 10 pick, but other than that, um, I would probably say that, Oh, I don't know. I th- I kind of believed Kenneth Murray would go late first round, but other than that, I would probably say Brooks from Texas tech was the biggest surprise for me.
0: Yeah, I think it definitely is the biggest surprise. Maybe Minnesota jumping back into the first round to grab Gladney. Um, you know, I, I wasn't sure that they were a team that would definitely jump back in, but now they get, they get a wide receiver in Jefferson and, uh, to replace Diggs, and then they get Gladney to replace Trey Waynes. So they did well there, uh, you know, and, and so that was a little bit shocking there. But uh, let's let's do a, a first glance at the NFL draft in terms of what happened last night. What were some of your big takeaways?
1: Yeah, I have a few takeaways here, kind of what uh, jumped to my mind. But um, just to back up a tad bit in terms of Big 12 players, Other than the Longhorns, I'm still curious to see uh, where Jalen Hurts lands. I don't know if I would actually qualify him as a Big 12 player since he's been with Alabama a bit too. But um, I think two very good situations for him to land into would be the Steelers or Colts tonight. Um, In the second round, who have starting quarterbacks at the end of their careers and allow him a year or two to groom behind them. So um, I think over the next few days, it'll be a big day for the Big 12 conference as a whole. But um, one of the first things I noticed that um, throughout the first round was that no safeties were taken. So I expect there to be a slight run on them in the second. And I'll be curious to see how this impacts Brandon Jones draft stock, if at all. And a few teams that I thought could be potential suitors for Colin Johnson um, ended up taking a wide receiver in the first round. So I'd be surprised to see either of the Longhorns receivers end up now uh, end up there now. For example, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. I thought Colin Johnson would be a great fit for them. Um, and if I were to bet right now, I think if anything of how last night laid out and how I kind of predict today to lay out, we're walking a very thin line of potentially not seeing a Texas player drafted until day three.
0: Yeah, and we're going to get into that. So coming up next, we're going to get into the trio of the Texas Longhorns uh, players that are expected to be drafted, and uh, we'll do that right after this. All right, Kami, so we discussed a little bit at length in the first round of the NFL draft. Now we're going to get into more of what people want to know about, where we think Devin Duvernay, Colin Johnson, Brandon Jones are going to go. Uh, Let's start with Devin Duvernay. So Devin DuVernay obviously was a guy who had a fantastic year for the Texas Longhorns. And like you kind of touched on, you know, some of these teams that were taking wide receiver early that maybe many of us felt like they would go that route. Um, In particular, you mentioned Philadelphia. You know, Philadelphia is a team that I really felt that needed multiple wide receivers. So I don't think it's inconceivable to think that they'll double dip at the position. In fact, I would encourage that they do, uh, given the fact that, they need help there Um, you know so Devin and Colin definitely are to me are still on the list to go to Philadelphia if they choose to do that but they they definitely need to double dip at the position Uh what are where are some of your spots that you would say for for Devin uh, in hopefully round three today
1: yeah I think I agree that the Eagles need to double dip at the position. The reason I don't think it's realistic for a Texas wide receiver to lay in there is just because I think if and when they do double dip, it'll probably be a later round um, after DuVernay and Johnson are already off the board. But I'm still looking to see what the Ravens do tonight. I've seen a few mocks over the past week that hinted at their strong interest in DuVernay. I've also seen a few updated mock drafts today where they're uh, taking a different wide receiver like T. Higgins if he falls, which I don't think he will, but after last night, you never know. So, so I still believe in that uh, ravens Duvernay connection at the moment. But, I mean, there's several teams within the second or third rounds that need wide receivers. Um, the Colts could still use another one. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe the Jaguars surprised someone and took someone that early. But um, I don't know. I, for some reason, I can't shake the ravens Duvernay connection. Where do you think he will land?
0: You know, I would think the Patriots are up there. Uh, the Ravens are definitely. Um, if you if you read Longhorns Wire this morning, I posted an article where I, I laid out some of the teams that are in need of a wide receiver. Uh, I wouldn't discount the Chicago Bears, Indianapolis Colts, Tampa Bay Bucks, the Giants, and Jaguars, Patriots, Saints, Ravens, and also the Cardinals. Cardinals were rumored to be in line to take CD lamb. They already had the former quarterback there could easily have taken him. And so I think that they definitely need a wide receiver. And so I, and I don't discount that big 12 connection with former big 12 head coach at Texas tech, Cliff Kingsbury being there. So that wouldn't surprise me at all. If they went that route in the, in the draft in the next couple of rounds, Uh, Those are just the teams that I looked at who have an immediate need at wide receiver, not so much teams that could potentially double dip at the position.
1: Yeah, and I think Duvernay kind of has a lot of suitors, I think more so than Colin Johnson, who's in more of a specific role. But um, you can even look at teams like Duvernay to the Saints or something along those lines, who um, Drew Brees is just uh, very good in the middle of the field. Um, Duvernay is obviously good with the yards after the catch. So I think he has many suitors. It's just in terms of how the board falls at this point.
0: Yeah, it's and that's the the thing. When it comes to the NFL draft and you're talking about any player in particular, uh, you're wanting to see where they're going to go. There's always like a run on a certain position that kind of pushes them into the forefront. So a run at wide receiver could push Duvernay and Colin Johnson up because then they have teams get to where they're in that range of fear of missing out. You know, they're seeing all these wide receivers go and it's like, well, if we don't take one now, we may not get the one that we want. And so potentially, Devin Duvernay could be there. Colin Johnson. Colin Johnson is a little more relegated to being able to play the X position. You could probably get away with putting him in the slot in in certain situations, but for the most part, he's really an X receiver. He's on the outside. Devin provides you the ability to move around a little bit more. I mean, he is viewed as a slot guy, but I wouldn't be surprised at all if they moved him outside. And so, a team that wants to move them around. You know, is more in line to get a guy like Duvernay. Uh, the guy, a team like you know the Saints, uh, for for example, I look at at that as a great fit for Colin Johnson because of how they like to move their receivers around, and I know they want to be able to move Michael Thomas around, give him the best matchups, so that they can get you know even more production out of him. Um, you know, you talk about a team like the New York Giants again. That's a uh, a spot where I look at Colin Johnson and think he's a good fit there. More so teams like the Tampa Bay Bucks, the Colts, and the Jaguars, like you said, Patriots. That's where I think Devin DuVernay at Ravens. That's where Devin DuVernay really, I think will do well. So those, those are some of the spots where I see those two lining up really well with teams that are needing a wide receiver.
1: Right. And what I was just uh, contemplating in my head is if, the Cincinnati Bengals don't select a wide receiver uh, early in two or three I think uh, one of these wide receivers might actually fit there as well I know they're um, that's kind of a primary need for them that they uh, many are expecting them to take a wide receiver within the first four rounds so that might be a dark course in terms of where one of the Texas wide receivers may land
0: yeah, I think that that's definitely a spot where they might land in a spot that they probably should look. Um, I, I know that they need protection and and whatnot, so that'll be interesting. Another position that we think is going to have a wider, or I'm sorry, that's going to have a run on position is safety, and and so that impacts Brandon Jones and some of the names that you know are on are still available. Basically, well, not basically every single safety is still on the board. Not one was taken in the first round. So how does that impact Brandon Jones? Whether well, you're talking about Xavier McKinney and Grant Delpit, who are viewed as the top two guys in this class. You have Ashton Davis, uh, Kyle Duggar, Jeremy Chin, uh, uh, Antoine Winfield Jr. There's plenty of names, so that could push Brandon Jones even further back unless there's a run at the position. Whether or not there's a run at that position or wide receiver, it's gonna, it's either going to push these guys back into further or it's going to push them up into the late second, third round compensatory uh, rounds of the NFL draft.
1: Yeah, I took a glance at many mock drafts for day two this morning, uh, more updated ones, just because I was kind of shocked not a single safety was taken on the first round. And they're all quite drastically different. Uh, Like you mentioned, I fully expect players like uh, Del Pitt, McKinney, um, even offensive players like T. Higgins, Swift, uh, to all be gone fairly early on Friday night. But it truly is like, Throwing darts, you have no idea where they're going to land. I think a perfect example of that was C.D. Lamb last night with Dallas that we've mentioned several times. But I do think there's going to be a run on safeties uh, probably in the beginning to mid-second round tonight. Um, I don't know how this will impact Brandon Jones' uh, draft stock in terms of where he's selected, if at all. Um, I think if I were to guess, it would probably um, lower his a bit. I think his probably best-case scenario is late third round at the moment.
0: Yeah, I think the latest mock draft I saw, and it kind of goes in line with what we've been saying, you know, all the way up until this point, uh, Brandon Jones uh, to the Oakland Raiders uh, in the in the middle of the third round. So, uh, you know, that's where draft wire still has him. So, you know, it very well could be that we, we get to see Jones selected tonight. Uh, but coming up next, we're going to get into our favorite picks of the first round. And plus, we're going to take a look into next year's draft. And could there be a Texas Longhorn in the first round? All right, Cami. So let's get into some of our first picks of the first round. Uh, Was there any particular pick and uh, that kind of stood out to you? I mean, you could go as far back like the Joe Burrow. To me, you could say it's an outstanding pick, and I think it's a great pick. Uh, But we all knew it was coming. Um, Chase Young, Washington. Not a shock there. I think where it really started to change uh was kind of when when uh carolina and former baylor coach matt rule decided to pass on arguably one of the best defenders in this class and isaiah simmons and take derrick brown
1: yeah, I think like you mentioned, the first two picks were no brainers. They were great picks. I'm not going to include them. We've already talked enough about C.D. Lamb to Dallas. I think that was the biggest deal. So I'm not going to include that. But I think what stuck out to me was I was very impressed with the, what the Jaguars organization did as a whole last night. Um, Obviously, C.J. Henderson, they um, upgraded that cornerback position. Uh, They took an edge rusher that obviously the Cowboys were very interested in from LSU. So I think they significantly strengthened their defense, and they do have a young quarterback over there um, who can hopefully steer them in the right direction. So in terms of uh, overall hauls and in terms of the first round, I think the Jaguars looked uh, pretty impressive.
0: You know, you could also factor in the Dolphins and getting their guy into attack of Iloa, and they didn't have to move at all. They got their guy at number five. That was a big one. Uh, Chargers also found their quarterback of the future, Justin Herbert. That was a good one. I felt like the Vegas Raiders made a very Al Davis-like pick taking Henry Ruggs because, as we all know, in, in years past with, with Al Davis uh, – his teams love to take speed at the position so that felt like a very raider pick there at, at 12 um you know and and you're right about i mean we've talked at length about CD Lamb i think uh Cesar Ruiz to New Orleans was a really good pick you know they need to uh protect Drew Brees for what is probably his final year um you know so it it, it was very much like you said it was kind of boring in the beginning, uh, but I love the Isaiah Simmons to the Cardinals.
1: Yep, uh, I was just about to mention that they're they're completely turning that organization around. I think they're going to be legit contenders um, within the next two seasons.
0: Yeah, they are definitely making their way, and that makes that NFC West just so much more intense with them coming back up um, with obviously San Francisco, Seattle. Uh, the Rams, so it, it's going to be really interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, but let's talk a little bit about next year's draft. Um, obviously, the Texas Longhorns haven't have a first round draft pick selected since 2015, when Malcolm Brown was selected 32nd overall by the New England Patriots. Um, you know, so when is the next time that we're going to see a Texas Longhorn taken in the first round? Arguably, you can say next season the 2021 nfl draft and the first name that comes to mind is offensive tackle samuel cosme now cosme is a guy who could have left this year but decided to come back he he returns with the sam ellinger uh but he's a guy that i think is going to be very high on some teams boards looking for an offensive tackle as we all know offensive tackle is one of the highest rated players to be drafted usually um if you look at like this year's draft they had three offensive tackles going in the top 11 picks um so you know it's one of those positions along with quarterback and, and probably defensive end or, or or corner um that that's typically taken in that top 10 so i think cosme is definitely up there
1: yeah, and I think he's actually already receiving uh, early first-round grades. So I think unless something drastic happens, such as an injury or maybe just an off year, um, that he's pretty much a sure bet to be a first-rounder. But I think Texas also has a, a couple of other players that could potentially sneak up into the first round if they remain healthy. And um, the primary one I'm thinking of right now is Caden Stearns.
0: Yeah, Caden's a guy who who kind of burst onto the scene as a freshman, um, you know, was able to snag four interceptions last year was a little bit of a down year for him because due to the fact that um, he was injured, um, you know, so he, he lost some time. So that definitely will hurt. I think this season is going to be a big year for him. And so, uh, and and as we know, Texas has had plenty of safeties going in the first round over the years, Uh, whether you're talking about Michael Griffin, Michael Huff, Earl Thomas, Kenny Vaccaro, Um, You know, so they're no stranger to developing first round safeties. Uh, So Caden Stearns definitely is on that list. I I definitely agree with you there Uh, between, you know, Stearns and and Cosme. I think those got to be the top two guys, really.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think uh, looking forward, whether they're first round picks or not, that's uh, going to be Texas's best bet at their highest draft picks in 2021.
0: Yeah, because if you look at the other positions, I just you, I don't really see it with the, the other positions. If you look at you know wide receiver, obviously there's a lot of question marks there. There's not a whole lot of players that would be available to go in the draft. That likely a first round pick. Offensive line, you know maybe um, you know outside of Cosme could uh, you know Derek Kerstetter. He's a guy that maybe Junior Angleau. He's another guy who might go on the defensive side of the ball. I could see a Joseph Asai if he has a big season. Uh, but do I think that he's going to leave after, after three years? I, I don't know. I mean, but he, you know, he's a guy that I would consider up there as well. Uh, you know, so those are some of the guys that I would think that you could look at as potential first round picks in the 2021 NFL draft.
1: Yeah. And going back to your wide receiver mention, I think the next wide receiver that will be a solid draft selection will be Brennan Eagles. Um, he could come out if he has a, a big year as a number one receiver coming up. But um, I've seen several mentions about his potential uh, draft stock. And I know Johnson and Dubernay are um, very confident in his abilities and they kind of call him the next man up. So um, I'd probably view him as a dark, ho- dark horse in terms of a legitimate draft prospect moving forward.
0: Yeah. And then there's the possibility of where do we think Sam Ellinger could go? Um, And, you know, he's a guy that I talked with Trevor Sykema of the Draft Network uh, right here on this podcast. And when we talked about it, you know, he kind of felt like Ellinger was kind of in that Jake Fromm uh, style range. So you're talking on day two, late day two, day three, maybe. You know, he's you know, he he thinks that he's a guy who is a better college quarterback than he'll be an NFL quarterback and while i typically would agree with him i have i do have a hard time betting against sam ellinger
1: yeah i think anyone does um it's really hard to bet against him on and off the field and really anything just because of his competitive and determined nature but uh, what kind of throws me off about this is I think back to when Colt McCoy was drafted and kind of on the uh, late day two type of pick. So I do understand if Ellinger is kind of viewed as the late day two pick. But I think if he ends up having um, a Heisman Trophy candidate type of season, uh, we could potentially see him maybe early on in the second round. I think that's probably I don't think he will um, kind of make it into the first round at all. I think probably the safest bet with him would be the second or third round.
0: Yeah, I kind of think that that's where he's at. And, you know, that's kind of where Jake Fromm has been projected in this year's draft. So, you know, I think that's a good spot for him. Um, Obviously, a lot can change. Um, As we all know, quarterback is probably the most criminally overdrafted position in the NFL. Uh, You know, teams are always looking for a quarterback or they're always looking for a guy who can, uh, you know, take their franchise to the next level. And I would argue that, you know, players like Jordan Love, who went in the first round of the Green Bay Packers, uh, if you would have said that he was going to be a first-round pick this time last year, a lot of people would have called you crazy. So, you know, it's it's a weird thing, and sometimes it just works out that way, but, you know, I am excited to watch Sam Ellinger this upcoming season, see how he can do. But that's going to do it for this edition for the Lockdown Longhorn Podcast. I to make sure you tune in to the latest episode of the Lockdown NFL Draft and the Draft Dudes Podcast right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network to get all your latest NFL Draft news. For Cammie, I'm Patrick, and we will see you next week.
1: Hook'em.